Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Right into this world. All alone. God takes your soul You're on your own A crow flies straight A perfect line Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. I am your host, Brian Tarvin. And for tonight's special show, we usually don't do Saturdays. I'll be joined by the one and only Cuervo. Cuervo is the co-host of That Being Said. He's with the, the host, The Couch Potato, and Cuervo joins us. Uh, about every show. He co-hosted the show on Wednesday. So we decided, you know, there's a lot going on in the sports world. The two playoff games tomorrow going on, we want to discuss that. But weigh-in sports talk tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Perfect time for everybody. Work. Most people are off work Monday, and that will be after the games are over. A lot to discuss. <clears throat> Bear with me, please. I have a small cold, so hopefully – my voice will get better as it goes on. We're just waiting on Cuervo to call in, and I've never known him to be early, early for a show. So we'll see how late he is. We're gonna we're gonna keep up with it and see. Right now he's a minute and a half late. Hold on, there he is, the one and only Cuervo. What's going on, baby? Tarvino, what's up, my man? I'm just ready to talk some sports, but before we do. I mean, this is this is a sports show, and it's not sports-related, but you saw the movie The Lone Survivor. I saw your post and everything. I got to see it last Sunday, so tell everybody your thoughts of that movie real quick. Oh, well, I, I, thought, it was, I thought it was a phenomenal movie, Tarvin. I thought it was well, uh, you know, directed. It was, you know, for the most part, I mean, I thought it was pretty accurate as far as how things go sometimes, but... Um, you know, it, it was a little tough to see. At the same time, I thought, again, it, it really hit home. It's just the reality of what goes on in the world. And, um, you know, it, it just it just makes you uh, remember why you do what you do, you know, for those that do serve. Uh, you know, a big part of why you do the job and, um you know, it's not about the money or anything like that. It's just the people that you work with every single day. You do it, you know, for the guys to the left and to the right of you. But, I, I mean, like I said, I mean, I thought it was a, it was a very well-made movie. And, you know, I hope it, I hope it uh, you know, gets considered for some some uh, awards, you know, as far as movie awards are concerned. I, I really hope it does. It definitely will. And the reason... People might not know Cuervo is a Marine, and I've never served in the military. You know, I had my shot, too. I didn't, but 
I have so much respect for for people that serve in our military, and it makes you real, realize, you know, people that that never serve wherever they don't know what it's really like, and they can watch a movie, but you being serving time and and doing tours and things like that, I'm sure it hit home with you. Uh, but but how realistic was it? Since I've never been out there, I mean, was it way off in your opinion, or was it was it close? I mean, I thought I thought it was pretty close, um, especially, you know, the part where, you know, they just how they lost communication with with the people back at you know the the at the command post as we call it, uh, because it happens. I mean, you know, nothing when when it comes to operations, a lot of times things don't go perfectly, you know, and sometimes you 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 watch movies and. It's like everything works out perfectly. Well, this movie taught you that, you know, it, it doesn't always wind up that way. And, you know, it just it just shows that. And then, by the way, it was a, it is based on a true story. And mm-hmm. it just shows that, you know, sometimes when things don't go exactly according to plan, you have to find a way to survive and to um, – you have to improvise and find a way to, to make it through and – I mean, unfortunately, only one out of four out of the four made it. Uh, but that one did, you know, he did what he had to do to to get out of there alive. And so, I mean, it's you know, it, it's it's pretty accurate. It is. It is, especially like I said, the part where, um, you know, how they they lost contact through the radios and things like that because it happens. I mean, especially in that type of, you know, when you're in the mountains like that and you're, you know, in that type of area. Uh, the, the 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 communication that we use the the antennas just sometimes they're not powerful enough to be able to pick up a signal to uh, you know communicate with the people back in back at the at the base. Well, I don't want to spoil the movie for people that haven't watched it, but I want to tell people to watch it. But one question before we get on their sports. You know, the decision I disagreed with Cuervo was when they let those people go the way they did, and, and maybe, I mean, and I'm not a hard-ass, I'm a nice person, I'm a loving person and everything, but there's no way I let those people run off without me being the safety of me and my three brothers out there. So what would you have done different, if anything, compared to what Mark Wahlberg and company did? Well, you know what surprised me about that that part, Tarvin, is, I mean, they didn't get to try, they didn't even try to, gain any type of information from them, no type of intel. Now I know the communication part was a little weird. And and I found that weird too, is that you've got you've got four Navy SEALs that haven't learned not even, you know, the basic uh Arabic language. I find that really hard to believe. So maybe that was just for, you know, for Hollywood purposes. Maybe that's not how it really went. I don't know. I mean I like I said, I don't know I mean, I've, I don't work with seals, uh, you know, hand in hand, but um, I could. I, I would just, I would have to imagine that the, those guys know the basics of how to speak mm-hmm. to the people out there. So, because I know Marines that do. I mean, you know, there's a lot of Marines that even, even I know basic stuff. So, um, you know, for them to not be able to at least pick up, you know, talk to them a little bit in their language to try and gather a little bit of info. I thought it was a little weird, but that's what I would have done uh, if I was, the, you know, uh, the lieutenant uh, would have tried to question them, try to get some sort of info out of them. 
Um, I mean, hell, they even had you know a, a radio that that linked to to the to the Taliban supposedly, and um, you know I just thought they could have they could have done that part differently to try and gather more information. So I would have done what I could to to try and gather some more intel. Yeah, I would have probably just left them to die, but hey, that's just me, man. That's just me. Well, before, do you want to start on the NFL playoffs, or do you just want to start talking about some current events and news going on in, in NFL and college or anything for that matter? Yeah, yeah, we can start with some news, and then we can uh, we can start looking at uh, you know the keys to you know how we think each team will win both of the both of the championship games. I'm so oh, Tarvin, I can't wait for tomorrow. Well, I wish it was tomorrow already. Man, how big is – I mean, I've been alive a long time, I feel like. i watched a lot of sports, but I never remember two bigger games on the same day than this. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just not thinking about the past as much. But you have Denver, New England, Brady, Manning, and you have Seattle, San Francisco, probably the two best teams in the NFL. So some people are saying the Super Bowl's tomorrow, tomorrow evening, that second game. But which game do you think is going to be – the the biggest watch really. I think both of them are going to be huge, but I'm thinking Brady Manning might be the, you know, the one that gets the biggest rating actually. Yeah, I think so too because I mean, you know, I mean it's it's guys that we're all familiar with more. I, I mean, unless you're like, you know, ten years old or something, then you probably don't know <laughs> too much about Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and now that you got Kaepernick and Russell Wilson as the fresh guy, you know, the fresh uh, meat of the quarterback class, I mean, you're more familiar with those guys. But for us older folks, um, you know, we're so used to Manning Brady, it's like, um, you know, let's, let's, let's see it one more time. And I think that's the more intriguing thing too, Tarvin, is, you know, I, I, and I say this to Sonny every time too. Every time it's, you know, Manning versus Brady – it's must-watch because we really don't know if we're ever going to get this game again. Tomorrow, Tarvin, who knows? You know, the, the Broncos might go on to win the Super Bowl and Peyton Manning uh, retires. So we'll, that, that would be the last Manning versus Brady matchup that we ever get to see is tomorrow, after, you know, tomorrow afternoon. So I think that's why – I think you're right. That's why that one's a more intriguing matchup because – we don't know how many more times those two are going to go up against each other. Kaepernick and Russell Wilson still have 10 years to go before they even think about retiring. So you're going to get that game. And, and, and on top of that, it's a divisional game. So you get it twice a year for the next, what, at least eight years. So that's, that's not going to be anything new. But Manny Brady, I mean, we don't know if we're going to ever get it again after tomorrow, Tarvin. And, it's kind of sad to think about, however, it's, you know, it's the reality. I mean, let's think about it. Besides, besides Manning and Brady, I think uh, they're, the second, they're the second most uh, games played against each other besides uh, I think Dan Marino and Jim Kelly are number two when, when it was Dolphins-Bills in the AFC East. And, you know, the last time they faced each other, nobody knew that it was going to be the last time, but that's just the way it went. And, you know, sometimes you don't appreciate things until they're no longer there. And that's why I tell everybody, you know, on our shows, sit down and watch it. You know, I mean, even if it's for, you know, for a little bit, 
because we don't know if we're going to get that game again. Yeah, you know, I made a statement, and I, I want to see what you think of this statement. If if I'm looking at the winners tomorrow, and like San Francisco, I think if San Francisco finds a way to go on the road and beat Seattle, which I don't think they will, but if they do, I think they're clear-cut favorites to win the Super Bowl, Cuervo. I think if Seattle wins that game tomorrow, I think either Denver or either one of them, New England, will be the favorite in that game, really. I just think Seattle's favorite in this game and will win because they're at home, but I think San Francisco is the best team in football right now. I just want your thoughts on that. They're playing the best, Tarvin. I mean, um, you know, from top to bottom, maybe they are the best, and it's debatable. Um, but I, I, I can't, I can't argue the fact that they're playing the best right now. Uh, so I, I really think that, you know, I, I, I think if, if let's say it's Denver, San Francisco. Wouldn't surprise me one bit if Denver is actually favored in that game, to be honest with you, Tarvin. So I don't know. I don't know if San Francisco would be favored against Denver. Would they be favored against New England? Yeah, probably because of how strong their defense is. However, if it winds up Denver-San Francisco, then I think Denver would actually be uh, favored in, this, in that game. Now, if it's Denver-Seattle, oh, boy. Uh, I, you know what? I would probably still go Broncos. So I think if Denver wins, they're going to be favored, no matter what happens. Yeah, and I, I look at this, and, and, and I, heck, I'm just ready to get on into it now. Let's preview them. I look at this New England game, and, and you know, we'll make our predictions tomorrow on, on that being said. I know you're going to save it for that. But I look at New England, for some reason, you know, the last month or so, they found an identity. And New England, to me, seemed, seemed like a team, Cuervo, and let me know what you think. They just seemed like a team. They had no names. Everybody was injured. They couldn't really run the football. The defense didn't look good. But they were winning because they were in a bad AFC East division, really. You have Buffalo, Miami, and who else is in there? The Jets. So you have those three yeah. teams, and you expected them to win the division and make the playoffs. But I made a statement before the season started, or maybe during the season, New England will make the playoffs, but they won't make it really past the first round once they get in there. But this team all of a sudden has found an identity, which they can run the football now. Their defense is playing a little better. And you can't discount Tom Brady. He's going to hit his weapons. He's going to have big games when he needs to. New England's the most dangerous team right now that really nobody's talking about. And I just want to see what what, what they're going to have to do tomorrow in your opinion, to go on the road in Denver? Because that's a place they don't lose much. But with the way they're playing Cuervo, I think they have a good shot. Oh, I I think they do too, Tarvin. And and I think the key for New England really is, um, you know, as, as, as much as people are talking about how average the uh, Patriots' defense is, the secondary specifically, um, I think you really have to look at Denver's as well. I mean, tell me, tell me who stands out in Denver's secondary. I mean, you, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna try to put up an argument with a 35 year old Champ Bailey, really? You're gonna put up a fight to try and argue with me with a uh, with a with a guy like Rogers Cromartie who has speed but can't really cover, in my opinion, or or are you gonna you know? 
I mean, who who really in the secondary scares you if you're Bill Belichick? So I think the one guy that had a decent amount of talent is Chris Harris for the Broncos. And guess what? He's not playing. So I think whoever steps in and takes his spot uh, is going to be the side that Tom Brady attacks because maybe it's a guy that they're bringing off the bench. Uh, I mean, if it, you know, I mean, we could see somebody like uh, the rookie Aaron Dobson if he plays tomorrow. We could see him get a lot of balls thrown at him. As long as he catches them, then that could, you know, that could spell trouble for the Broncos. So, and I think that's what Belichick is looking at is uh, you know, nobody's scared of that Broncos secondary. I mean, that's that's how they got knocked out last year. Everybody seems mm-hmm. to forget that all of a sudden. They that secondary is the reason the Broncos didn't make it to the AFC Championship game last year. So, I mean. I think that's what Brady and Belichick are looking at. What side is going to be the weakest? Overall, they're, they're, they're not that great, but, I mean, just attack the side that Chris Harris would have been on. Well, Squirmo, from a mental standpoint, aspect, you remember during the regular season, these two teams squared off. Denver went to New England. Yeah, it was in New England, I believe. They got up to 24 to nothing lead at halftime. New England came back. Tom Brady just tore apart the secondary of Denver. And they came back and won that game. So how much does that game play, if any, you know, in this game tomorrow? I think very little, Tarvin. And I know it was just about six weeks ago or seven weeks ago when they played that game, so maybe about two months ago. But these are, these are you know, they're different teams now. Um, they have both really found a running game. Now, I know Sean Marino went off on that Patriots defense last time, but that's if you remember, though, Tarvin, that's when the running game for Denver really started to pick up. And for New England, it's the same thing. I mean, they, they've, they have found a running game now, uh, and they don't have to rely on Brady to throw it 50 times like he did against, against that, you know, the Broncos' defense. So, um, you know, I, just, I think both running games uh, are, are what's different about these teams as well. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think it really has any kind of impact, but how how is it going to impact Peyton Manning? You know, all he's been hearing, you know, for the last few years is, you know, he can't play in the big game, especially against Brady. I mean, I remember a few years ago he was down pretty big at home to Brady. Brady um, was having his way with Indianapolis, and he came back and won. But if you look at his record against Tom Brady in games, this magnitude, it just seems like Belichick and company, they just they just have his number, really. And the best thing for him is this is in Denver right now. I mean, if this was a New England Cuervo, I would definitely pick New England. It wouldn't even be a debate right now. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what, Tarvin, I'm glad, I'm glad this subject came up because, you know, I've thought a lot about it. And everybody wants to jump on Peyton and, you know, talk about, his mediocre record in the playoffs and things like that. Now, let's let's take a step back and let's think about something real quick, Tarvin. And and, and this is this might surprise you a little bit and maybe you know this already, but you know, as much as people want to criticize Peyton for his, you know, mediocre performance in the playoffs throughout his career, what if I told you 
that in the last 15 playoff games for Tom Brady, he's only 8-7. and seven. I mean, does that surprise you? Uh, is that something that you knew? Because that's the reality of it. So as much as we criticize Peyton Manning and we praise Tom Brady, Brady hasn't been that great himself. Yes, he started out 10-0, and I think that's what people remember in their minds is the three Super Bowls that he won right off the bat in his career. But since 2004, Tarvin, Tom Brady, the great Tom Brady himself, has only gone 8-7 and seven in the postseason. Peyton Manning yeah. is, what, 10-11? and 11? So you tell me, Tarvin, who really That's does a good have point. pressure on them? I think they yeah, both do. And I think, and I think the loser of this game, and I didn't mean to cut you off, Tarvin, I just want to say this one last thing. The loser of this game really, I believe, even, even if it is Brady with three rings, I think he takes a step back. And I think the loser winds up, they become, they, they wind up being in the back seat now as far as this generation's list of quarterbacks of the past 10 to yeah. 15 years. Yeah, that's a good point. And Cuervo, I'm sorry if I did cut you off. That was my fault. But we have a Skype caller right now online. You're on way in sports. Who's this? Hey, guys. What's up? It's Elwood. I'm calling from Indianapolis, Indiana. So probably guess who I'm How I you found. doing? Oh, kidding. Doing great. Pacers are whooping up on L.A. so bad. It's not even fun to watch. So I've been kind of listening to your show. Um, guys, it's all about Peyton this year. This is my man's year, man. It's, he's going to do great. And the fact that it's in Denver and not in Shady Foxborough, that's all. That's it. That's all I needed to push it over the edge. Because Andrew Luck could have took down Peyton. I mean, could have took down Brady if that game had been in Indianapolis instead of Boston. You know, there were a few calls and blind refs and a few things I think would have tied it up and shifted the momentum and got Luck going. And, you know, it just didn't happen. But, I think this is Peyton's year, and I'm not so sure he's going to retire. There was a huge article in the paper here about him not retiring, but it was about what John Elway thinks. There was a whole article about what John Elway thinks, and I thought, well, that's interesting if John Elway was Peyton. But, um, no, I'm, I'm thinking this is Peyton's year. But, hey, you guys were talking about earlier how you all know about Peyton unless you're you know, a little kid. When you guys said that earlier in the show, I thought, oh, i got to tell you my story. I was in line at the grocery store, and I had on my white luck jersey, and some little guy, about four years old, was in his mom's cart, and he looks at it, and he says, Santa's going to bring me a Blue Lux jersey. And I said, well, yeah, you got to have one white and one blue of your quarterback. I've got one of each of Peyton, and this little kid gives me a dirty look. And I said, what? And he says, what you got a Broncos jersey for? We're Colts fans. And I started laughing, <laughs> and I thought, wow. And then at the game when Luck was playing Colt, uh, um, when Luck was playing Peyton here in Indy, there were a few little kids there, and they were all screaming, luck, luck, and booing Peyton and yelling jeers and stuff. And I thought, wow, I, it, it's for a lot of little kids. The page has already turned. Peyton's the enemy from uh, Denver. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's interesting, but it is kind of weird how fast the page turns. If you gave blood at Lucas Oil, you could run a few footballs down the field, and there were little kids running up there yelling, I'm Andrew Luck, I'm Andrew Luck. I never heard Peyton's name once, and I thought, wow. Page has turned. But uh, I don't know if retirement's in the cards for him. But if, you know what? You know what I love about this is no matter what happens, we're going to have a seasoned pro of legendary status taking on a hot young rookie. 
you know, no matter what. So, I, I mean, I love that angle. You know, whether it's Cap or Skittles, they're going to have to face off against Brady or Manning. So, you know, either way, we're guaranteed a good game, you know, because I love that angle. So, but I'm well, what I have a question. Good. I have a question for you. In ten years from now, we're doing this show. Andrew Luck, how is he going to be? How is he going to be compared to Peyton Manning? Do you think? Do you think he's going to be better, or do you, you think he's going to be a step under? I was there, Peyton's sophomore year in the. Oh, sorry, I almost said RCA Dome. This is so far back; it was a Hoosier Dome, and I wasn't this impressed. And Luck's numbers are a lot better now than Peyton's were his second year. I mean, it's astronomical, the difference. I, we may think a little bit more of Luck. And, you know, last year, Luck got to step one in the road to the Super Bowl. And this year, Luck got to step two. So if we keep this trend up, who knows? He may wind up being better than Peyton. But that also has a lot to do with technology and time. And, you know, I mean, players are faster, stronger, smarter than they ever were. And I'm sure that's going to change every few decades. That'll be true. You know, I mean, look at bodybuilders from the 50s. You know, we would just call those guys who slightly hit the gym a lot nowadays. So. <laughs> Technology yeah, changes Quer- everything. But, yeah. hmm? uh, it sure does. And, and I wanted to bring Cuervo in on this. I know he's a big Andrew Luck, you know, supporter right now. And Cuervo, I'm willing to, to venture out and say it, that I think Andrew Luck will have better numbers and I think he'll have more rings than Peyton Manning when we look 10 years from now. You know, well, you know, the rings, oh, that's tough. I mean, so far the Colts are on the right track. And, you know, for, for all Colts fans out there, including uh, our, our guests on the line, I mean, they are, they are going in the right direction for sure. If they continue to draft the way they have, then, um, you know, the Colts are going to be, three years from now, they're going to be, uh, you know, the team to beat again in the AFC, or at least one of the teams to beat. And, I mean, I, I, I've said it before, and, I, and I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to stick with it until I'm proven wrong. I think two or three years from now, Andrew Luck will be the, no, the best quarterback in the NFL, hands down. Yeah. I think he's, well, you know, he's, yeah. he's, he's smart enough, and, and he's got the arms. Well, how many quarterbacks could go into Foxborough where the refs are blind, take on Tom Brady, one of the best to ever play, they're a sophomore, they're throwing to freaking Cody Fleener. I mean, they have nothing around them. They have a coach who basically it's his first year coaching because you can't really count last year on his deathbed. And all this kid's been up against. And at that middle of that Patriots game, it would have took one touchdown to tie it up, but the refs made a bad call. You know, I mean, the kid's good. I mean, everyone's knocking him, but no, they. Um, I was there at that Chiefs game when I could just tell. I thought, I know we're 20 points down, but this kid ain't going to lose. You know, I mean, when he grabbed that football and jumped over that pile of people and made a touchdown, that's when I officially (laughs) forgot Peyton's name and became a Luck fan. That was amazing. You know, wow. I still love Peyton. I always will. But that's when Luck became my quarterback. I look at at Peyton Manning, but I think you're right. You know, Peyton was back, you know, he was in college back when I was and everything. He's the same age as me. And and the technology, the way it's gotten better, the way these athletes are a lot smarter, he can watch a lot more film. Guys, physically, Andrew Luck is he's superior to Peyton Manning. And when you when you take into account his running, he can run the football. Elwood, he can run. And Peyton Manning can't run from me to you or five feet away. You know, Andrew Luck is a strong quarterback. 
so he's far more perfect, athletic but, than Peyton but, but ever he's was. A, but, but he's a student of the game, just like Peyton oh, yeah. is. So you, you put the two smart people together like that, but the difference is I think Andrew Luck's, you know, physically superior than Peyton, and I think that's why, you oh, know, he's going to have better numbers. Manning, he's a good quarterback. He's never been the world's most athletic man. I mean, and that was true even when he was the same age as Luck. You know, I mean, Luck just gets that ball and runs it. And, man, I mean, your quarterback should not be running the ball that much, but I'm not going to lie to you. I'm sitting there up in the stands going, run it, run it, because it's beautiful. Luck just takes off with the ball, and here comes some big old dude, and he just stiff arms him in the face and keeps going. Touchdown. Yeah, I mean, it's – yeah, I mean, Luck's a beast. I, I'm totally – and then when Luck beat Peyton in his own house, oh, sheesh. You know, the only only thing Luck has to do to get the key to the city is beat Tom Brady in Boston. And then he will get the key to. That's the only, you know, if he could have did that the other day, he'd have won the town over. Because everyone here hates the Patriots and hates Boston. That's what's like, you know. Yeah, everyone almost here was in tears when Brad Stevens went to the Celtics. It was almost like cross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was. It well, was, was, Elwood man, we only got a few more minutes, oh. but I want to thank you for coming on the show, buddy. And and it was great getting your input. Join us. On Sunday and Wednesday nights, we do our show from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern, so make sure you call in, talk about the game this Sunday night. Cuervo, this guy this guy has the same feeling about luck as we do, and I have a feeling the whole town of Indianapolis is going to be cheering for the Denver Broncos tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. I mean, you know, he just said it. I mean, the the the, the town of Indianapolis – they are not very kind to the Patriots, and you know I don't blame them. I mean, this, you know, I'm sure the people out in Boston feel the same way about the Colts, and maybe a little bit about Denver now too. I think it's more of a of a you know Peyton Manning envy than it is anything else. So, um, you know, I, and you know, going back to something that he said, and, and I think he's absolutely on the money with it. You know, no matter what happens in these two games tomorrow, Tarvin. You know, the big winner is going to be us fans because, you know, at least from the AFC side, man, we get another, we get a Super Bowl with either Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, you know, one more time against, you know, Kaepernick or Russell Wilson. It doesn't matter. That's not really the focus, in my opinion. We get Peyton Manning or Tom Brady again in a Super Bowl. It's it's going to be phenomenal, and I can't wait. I cannot wait. Man, tomorrow is going to be a big day, and I kind of like it that it starts at 3. You know, it gives you a chance to to get up, wake up, do all the things you need to do, and it's 3 o'clock Eastern tomorrow, Cuervo. I'm going to be glued to the TV and then the show tomorrow night, so it's going to be a, a all day of football, and I can't wait. And You know, I think this Tom Brady and Peyton Manning is overshadowing I mean, a great football game. Two of the probably the top teams in the NFL, Seattle and San Fran, where both. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm very excited about that one too. Yeah, yeah, I'm well, I'm excited for either game. I mean, you know, both of them. That's why I've you know everybody that I talk to, I'm like, hey, between well, because I'm on Central Time between two o'clock and about eight or nine, unless it's an emergency, don't bug me because. I'm going to be watching these games. I mean, it, it just doesn't – man, it just I, – I don't know what else, how else to describe it, Tarvin. It does just doesn't get any better than the two games we're getting tomorrow. This is by far the most – the best, one of the more memorable championship weekends that I can remember in reality. So uh, it's going to be good. 
it's going to be very good. Um, you know, the four best teams are in it. We've, you know, I mean, this is a lot of stuff that we've already talked about, but, you know, we just keep mentioning it because it's the truth. They're, you know, it's the four best teams, and whatever combo we get, it's, it's going to be a Super Bowl that will go down uh, in the history books, in my opinion. Yeah, let's look at the weather tomorrow in Seattle. I'm looking at it. You know it's going to be loud no matter no matter what the weather is. These fans are going to come out. But let's look at the weather right now. It's like 40 degrees in Seattle. So I don't think weather is going to play a factor really for San Fran. Like, it, you know, playing in Green Bay the way they had to go to. Carolina wasn't a big deal. The weather was fine. But the Cuervo is really perfect conditions if you're a San Francisco player out there. I mean, you're going on the road to Seattle. At least you're going to get decent weather. Yeah, and for once, it's not going to rain. Uh, from the from what I'm seeing, it's going to be about what is it like 50 degrees, I think, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be partly sunny or something like that. Well, the whole point is it's going to be nice weather. It's not going to be you know raining or anything like that. Uh, it's going to actually be good football weather for once. So. Yeah, there's there should be no excuses like oh bad you know San Francisco's not a good bad weather team or you know Seattle whatever then you know tomorrow there's no there's no chance for rain or anything like that so hey no excuses. Yeah, and you look at Denver right now in Denver earlier today it was 60 degrees in Denver in January Cuervo I mean you know all this Peyton Manning and cold weather. You know, it's not going to be cold tomorrow, so I think that neck will be just fine for Denver. That's one of the reasons I like Denver tomorrow. Yeah, and it's you know it's going to be another sixty degree uh, day. It's tomorrow <laughs> afternoon, and you know, it's it, it's. I mean, again, no excuses, Tarvin. I mean, you know, it's, it's good football weather, and and then you know the winners they get they get the grand prize of getting to go to bitter cold New York and play the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a, that's another thing. I mean, that's I mean the the worst weather. Usually the Super Bowl somewhere nice. We don't have to worry about weather with no excuses. But you know, you go to the Super Bowl, it's going to be probably highs in the twenties. You know, lows in the teens. It's going to be interesting to see that. But tomorrow, what time is that being said going to come on? And I know, I don't know. You and Sonny are going to break this these two games down. Are y'all going to go at two hours, full two hours? Probably, Tarvin. Um, I'm going to say we'll probably start at oh, probably 11 o'clock Eastern. I'll get I'll get a definite time from Sonny himself, uh, but it, probably look at around 11 o'clock Eastern time. Well, for all of y'all listening tonight, make sure tomorrow you join. That you join. That being said, with the couch potato and Cuervo, who's Sports God's Radio? Uh, in the chat room, know, are you familiar with that? No, I'm not sure who that is. Uh, the name I've seen the name maybe once or twice, but uh, apparently he's a fan of Elwood's. But uh, you know, he uh, yeah, he, I like he's Elwood anymore. Yeah, I like Elwood, and I'm going to thank him again for calling in, and hopefully he can join y'all tomorrow and us tomorrow night. And he seems like he he knows his football, but. The Cuervo, let's move on to some current events real quick and see what we can get into. And one topic I have to ask you, you're a college football fan, just like I am. A.J. McCarron, he says he feels like he's a top 20 pick in the NFL draft. 
Well, he's skipping out on the senior bowl, really, uh, to focus on this. So are you buying, you know, are you okay with him missing this game, or do you think he owes it to the fans to play, really? Um, I wouldn't say he owes it to the fans. I think he owes it to himself to play in this game. Uh, but I think there's a little more behind uh, the reason why he's not going to play. But I think what what the Senior Bowl does that a lot of people may not talk about, what I think it does for a lot of these players is it shows that they can play out of their environment. You know, a lot of these a lot of these kids they're used to playing in their in their home stadium or even even the road teams. Uh, a lot of it are in conference games, so they're used to going to. You know, like you know, Auburn players are used to going to LSU every every so often. They're used to going uh, to you know Alabama. They're they're used to playing those teams, but now you're playing with some of the better talent in all the whole country, and now you can't play all of a sudden. So, I think I think uh, you know for AJ McCarron, he's just he is shying away from being able to really show that he can play. At any in, in any environment, but I'm gonna tell you the real reason why I think he's not playing. I think he's got a shoulder issue, and I, I'm sure you've heard this before, but um, I really do believe that that's the case, and he doesn't want anybody to know about it. Really? Why do you say that? Well, I've I've heard I've heard I've read an article where um, it says that you know he's he's fighting some type of shoulder injury, and he doesn't want to risk uh, you know him. You know, re-aggravating the shoulder or anything like that. If he takes a, if he takes a wrong hit or something like that, uh, then it would have it would have shown. So, um, I think I think that's the real reason why he didn't do it. But in reality, I think he hurt himself. I mean, do I think he's still going to go top twenty target? Yeah, I think I think there's going to be a team out there that takes a chance on him, uh, that that is desperate for a quarterback. Uh, but I really think him not playing in this game really hurt his draft stock. Really. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if if he does have an injury and everything, and then it's a chance for him to cover it up. But how much, how many, you know, you see Taj Boyd playing in this game. You see Carr from Fresno. These guys could go out and get hurt too, you know. These guys want to make it in the NFL. They want to they wanna get drafted. But I think it's classy to do that. But I can't fault the guy. Do you think it has anything to do with the comments his mother made and he'll get in front of the media down there, and they'll be asking him a bunch of questions about his mother. You think that's a possibility? Oh, wait, what are you talking? His mother, what now? One of the comments he made, she made during the national championship game when Jameis Winston was talking, and she she put on Twitter, "Is this English? This guy's trying to talk." And a lot of people came out and said it was a racial comment and everything like that. And he was getting asked a lot about it. His mother actually retracted the statement and said she didn't mean it like that. But do you think that's a part of the reason? Oh, I'm sure that has something to do with it, too, because he probably would have been bombarded with questions about that instead of, um, you know, what what the focus should be on, and that's him getting ready for the NFL draft. So, I mean, you know, that, that that's just the media. I mean, they're wolves, you know, trying to find a story. That's all that is. Yeah, but, I mean, you look at A.J. McCarron, Cuervo, and you look at what he's done at Alabama during his career. If if I'm evaluating a quarterback, I mean, he's a perfect size. I mean, he's he's tall. He's got a good arm. Yeah, he could get more accurate and everything. 
but the guy's a leader. He's a winner, and he's he's played on some good teams. He's he's played with that pressure every game he's played in college, and that's something that you can't put on paper and grade, Cuervo. I mean, this guy has played on the biggest stages every week. And I think that's going to have something to do with him going in at least a second round. I think A.J.'s a second-round pick, maybe late first round. Somebody could take a flyer on him. Yeah, we're still talking about McCarron, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I really I really think that, um, you know, I still think he goes first round. I think somebody's going to be desperate enough to do it. And what I'm going to do right now, Tarvin, I'm going to – I'm going to uh, pay, uh, post a uh, article about uh, what I'm talking about as far as McCarron's shoulders. So I'm going to do that real quick. That way, that way you can read up on it, what I'm talking about. How much, how much truth there is to it, who knows, but th- th- this is what I've, this is, you know, the stuff that I've been reading on. So let me go ahead and post that real quick for you. All right, cool. So well, thanks go. for that, Cuervo. Thank you for that. And I don't know if you heard real quick in college football, Dabo Sweeney, Clemson's coach, got an eight-year extension. I mean, do you think that's wow. smart signing to that, or or do you think it's that's time maybe to, for, a, for, for a change in Clemson maybe? Well, I mean, how long has he been the, the coach at uh, Clemson for? How long has he been there now? Four, uh, I think four, four years, years maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think eight years is a long time. Tar, oh, excuse me. I'm sorry, Tarvin. I think I think eight years is a long time. I mean, that's wow. I mean, unless you're you're you know Nick Saban, obviously, um, that's a long commitment to a coach that hasn't even smelled, or he's only he's only been to what one BCS bowl this past year in four years as a coach of the Clemson. They've been to two of them. Yeah, they lost to West Virginia. Remember they gave up about 70 points to West Virginia a couple years back, three years ago? That was Clemson, though? Yeah. Wow, why do I not remember that? I don't remember that for some reason. But, okay. Uh, Well, I mean, regardless, I mean, with the talent that he had the past couple years – um, you know, I think he could have probably done better. I mean, I know that's crazy to say, but um, you know, there's there's no reason why he shouldn't have made a, a BCS bowl every year. I mean, I mean, those teams that he just had the past few years had some big time talent, Tarvin, and I mean, um, I just think he's underachieving just a little bit. I mean, it's not like a drastic mm-hmm. underachieving, but I think I think they could have, you know really been a threat nationally. I think they could have. However, it didn't happen. So, I, I mean, I just think eight years is a long time. I'd be surprised if he makes it through that, through that whole contract, Tarvin, to be honest with you. Well, well, I'll judge a coach by how he does against his in-state rival, really. I mean, if you look over four years, he's never beaten Steve Spurrier. No matter how good his teams were, no matter – where it's at, where it's being played. It just seems like South Carolina dominates them. And and you saw this year, they had a perfect opportunity with that schedule. They had a home game against Florida State, and that was it. That's really the only game they played all season besides that South Carolina game. And they got trounced in both of those games. And, yeah, they beat an Ohio State team. 
But how good was Ohio State, really? They weren't good. They weren't tested. So I think this extension is a little emotion from, you know, probably losing their offensive coordinator, who's going to be leaving, and just winning that BCS bowl game to hopefully get some confidence. But Dabo's young. That's one thing about Dabo Sweeney. He can recruit, and he's young. I mean, I guess my question to you is if you got rid of Dabo Sweeney, who would you get at Clemson? I mean, who better than Dabo could you get to coach that team? You know, and that's 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 a fair question, Tarvin. I mean, right now I can't think of anybody that would that would be about the same age, or or maybe heck, if you had to get someone a couple of years older. I mean, there's you know you you have a good point. I mean, there's really nobody out there that you can get that could commit that much time to be a head coach before they say, you know what, I just don't feel like coaching anymore. Um, so, I mean, maybe maybe that's – you're right. Maybe that's what their thinking is, that, hey, he's still young. Let's lock him up, you know, until he, maybe he just doesn't want to coach anymore. And, you know, if, if you say he can recruit, I mean, I'll take your word for it, Tarvin. I don't know uh, the ins and outs of, of Clemson as far as what they've recruited or what, their, what, you know, what class ranking they have or anything like that. Um, but, I mean – I've seen some of the players that have come out the past few years, guys like uh, Hopkins and, and Sammy Watkins this year, uh, Taj Boyd, C.J. Spiller a few years ago. So, I mean, the, the seems like the guy knows what he's doing. Well, they're 15th in recruiting right now. And, and I want to bring up one point. I know we got around 15 minutes left, and then I want to see what you want to talk about. But, you know, a lot of these coaching moves, the coordinators, not just head coaches, Cuervo, the coordinators, signing day is just a couple weeks out, really, two, three weeks out tops. And you see Jeremy Pruitt leave Florida State as their defensive coordinator, the best recruiter on that team, really, goes to Georgia. You see you see Vanderbilt's coach, Franklin, go to Penn State. You see these commits just transferring. I mean, you, you see commitments leaving Vanderbilt right now, heading up to Penn State with Franklin. Do you think there should be some kind of dead period for coaches about leaving like this, or, or do you do you like it them leaving before recruiting? Just I guess they're not misleading any recruits, but you know Franklin and Pruitt and all them have been recruiting these guys for a year or two, getting them to come, and all of a sudden they jump ship, and these kids are they're kind of confused. They don't know what's going on. So I just wanted your thoughts on that, Rupert. Um, well, sounds like what you're asking is should the – you know, the athletic directors put some sort of uh, agreement on the contract saying that they're not allowed to do that. Yeah, and, 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 and actually take players with them. I don't like that. If you're Franklin and you're recruiting someone to Vanderbilt and they've committed, I don't think they should just be able to just up and go and follow you to Penn State two weeks before signing day. But But that's just me. Well, no, and, and I agree with that. And I think, you know what? As far as the um, as far as the coaches are concerned, um, you know, I mean, they they have to do what is best, quote unquote, for their careers. Um, but you're right, though. I do agree that they should not be allowed to jump ship and go with the coach because what that tells you right there is these kids don't commit to the universities that they, they, nope. get, they get recruited to. They commit to the coaches that 
you know that they want to play for. So, and I think I think that's you know just the wrong message, Tarvin. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. You know, I mean, for it to for that for it to be that way, um, that really that really just puts a damper and uh, just the way recruiting goes in college football nowadays. It's not it's not about the program. I mean, it could be the it could be University of Alabama. I mean, gosh, you know, and, and it's but it's but that's just the way it is, Tarvin. You know, these these kids, you know, they might say, oh yeah, I want to play for the Crimson Tide, but more it's it's more they want to play for Nick Saban because they want to win championships. They want to play for Jimbo Fisher because they want to win. They want to play for championships. They want to play for Gus Malzahn because they want to play for championships or. They want to, you know, have a shot at the NFL. That's why they go play for Urban Meyer. Not for Ohio State, but they go play mm-hmm. for Urban Meyer. So I think, you know, that's just the way recruiting goes nowadays. And, you know, that, that's just the way it is. So, I, But I agree 100% with you. I think um, if a coach goes somewhere else and they change their mind or whatever, uh, there should be a, a rule saying that these – Players are not allowed to, whether they've, whatever type of commitment they've given, whether it's verbal, whether it's in writing, uh, whether it's through even through through a text message. Once you say I I have decided to play for such, and such university, that's it. It's a done deal. That's where you're going to school. So well, that, that kind of takes me to the early signing early signing period, Cuervo. You know, these coaches are pushing for it where. You know, instead of waiting to February, maybe in August you can go ahead and, and sign your letter and, and it's all official. But how can you ask these players to do that when these coaches are jumping shift laterally? I'm not talking about you're a coordinator and you leave to be a head coach, but you're the defensive coordinator of Florida State and you take a lateral move to be the defensive coordinator at Georgia. Or you're Franklin, you take a head coaching job from Vanderbilt to Penn State. How are you going to ask these kids to commit like that when these coaches won't? And I think the only way those kids from Vanderbilt should be able to follow him to Penn State two weeks before signing day is if Penn State was recruiting those kids as well. That's that's the only way. If, if Penn State, if the kid took a visit to Penn State already and he was trying to decide, that's the only way I'd allow it to happen, Cuervo. Well, I don't even think I don't even think that should. Uh, give it any type of okay, Tarvin. I really don't. I mean, even I, it doesn't matter. It, even if they did take a visit to Penn State, obviously they hadn't. They did. They were not interested in going to Penn State. So, but because the coach leaves, now all of a sudden, oh yeah, I want to go play at Penn State now. You know, it's like, well, you had a chance to to commit to Penn State and you didn't. Why is that? You know, and now the you know it's just like well, it's obvious that you know it's it's about the coach, it's not about the school. So, um, you know, I think I think either either a they're just not allowed to leave, or b they have to either sit out a year, redshirt for a year, whatever the case may be. They're just not allowed to play their first year. Period. You know what I'm saying? Like that. That's what I think should happen, but. Um, you know, but until that changes, I guess everybody has the, their their freedom to 
you know, transfer to 10 different schools if they want. I just don't think it's right, though. I think it sends the wrong message to these kids that, you know, it's okay to, you know, back out from, from university willing to give you a scholarship to play football for their university. Oh, but because you don't like who our coach is, oh, it's okay. We'll just, you know, we'll just go ahead and, and uh, you know, grant you the permission to go somewhere else. Like, I don't know. I just – it just sends the wrong message, period, that, you know – Commitments, you know, there's there's no such thing as commitment or commitments. Uh-huh. Um, I'm trying to think of how to how to put it. You know, that commitment, a commit, being committed to something is not important uh, as a man, not even as a football player, Tarvin, but just you know that being that type of person. Oh, it, it, you know, it doesn't matter. It's okay. You don't have to be a committed type of person. I don't want nobody playing for for my team like that. That's, that's just me though. I don't either. And if your if your words no good, then you're no good. If if I can't take what you say, Cuervo, serious. If it's like if I invited you to be a guest on my show, and you said, yeah, I'll be a guest. I'll be there Sunday at nine thirty, and you never called, never showed up or anything. I wouldn't ask you to ever come on the show again, and I wouldn't really care what your excuse was because, you know what I mean. I mean, if if you didn't do what you said you were gonna do. Then, then that's it. And I think these kids are sending a wrong message already at that age. Even though they're not 25-year-old men or anything, they're still learning bad examples, you know, from these coaches too. So last few minutes, what do you want to talk about? Um, You know, I mean, I think we, uh, we hit a lot of good stuff. I would say, I don't know, I just – I can't get enough of these these championship games, Tarvin. I mean, uh, but I'm trying to think of you know some closing. Things, well, I have a question for you. About. Is the okay. Pro Bowl was the Pro Bowl today? No, that's not going to be till next week. Uh, they're going to do the uh, Pro Bowl draft, which is a joke in my opinion. They're going to do that this coming up Wednesday, <laughs> and then the Pro Bowl will be next Sunday. Oh, so you get you get picked Wednesday, and you have what two days to practice, really? Yeah, like about two or three days. Yeah. Wow. So who's going to be the first one taken? Um. Well, that's a good one. I would probably say. Uh, Sam Newton. <laughs> maybe Cam. Maybe Cam. I'm joking. But you know, it all depends too. It all all depends, too, Tarvin, who's going to be in the Super Bowl. So if Denver makes it, then nobody's getting Peyton Manning. If New England makes it, nobody's getting Tom Brady. So I would have to say probably, you know, we were just talking about him. I I say Andrew Luck will probably be the first pick. Yeah, I don't don't think Peyton Manning or Tom Brady would play regardless. I mean, just playing this game, if you lose, do you really feel like going to play in the Pro Bowl? after playing a game like that, or do you just sit it out? Oh, they'll probably sit it out. I mean, when was the last time we saw Tom Brady in the Pro Bowl? It's been, what, three, four years now maybe? So he, they probably wouldn't play regardless. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. But, man, this, these, these championship games tomorrow, and I know we're about out of time, but we're going to cover those. Cuervo and Sonny are going to cover these in the morning, and we're going to – we're going to go over the results tomorrow night on our show, but 
two phenomenal games. I mean, wow. I'm just sitting there looking at them. New England, Denver, San Fran, Seattle. And you're still alive for your Super Bowl prediction, Cuervo, I believe. I picked Denver and San Fran to play for the Super Bowl preseason, and I think I'm going to miss that one. But you had Denver and Seattle, correct? I did. I did have Denver and Seattle. And, I mean, I know that was probably the easy pick. Um, however, this is what it's coming down to now. I mean, they're still in it. And, uh, you know, I just thought, I just, in the beginning of the season, I felt like, uh, you know, they were just, they were head and shoulders above everybody else in their, in their conferences. So that's why I went with the easy pick and, uh, but we'll see if it holds true tomorrow. I might, I might look like a genius or I might not. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I wonder. I wonder how Dunn he's going to pick tomorrow. Uh, he'll probably, if he could pick the Jaguars, he would. But unfortunately, they're not playing. So. Or the Cowboys. If, if the Cowboys were playing, he'd be all on. Well, the he is a Cowboys fan. Tony Rowe. Yeah, he is. I mean, he he acts and like he's a hater. You know, he pretends, but deep <laughs> down, I heard. I heard if you went into his man cave, all you would see is Jacksonville Jaguar and Dallas Cowboy memorabilia. Yeah, well, he's probably got Tony Romo jersey on one side, Blaine Gabbard on the other, uh, you know. So, yeah, there's a lot of Cowboys. He has, he, has a, he, has a, he has a poster of Tony Romo on his wall to, to my favorite boy, Sonny. <laughs> to my favorite Cowboys writer, that's what it says. Yeah, and a picture of Jerry Jones and, and drinking a beer, smoking a cigar, so autographed to Sonny Clark, too, so. Everybody, if you think Sonny Clark's a hater of Dallas, I mean, he's got you fooled. He's a he's a closet fan. But, man, Cuervo, it's been fun for an hour tonight, and, and I'm excited about tomorrow already. So I'll see you in the morning, bright and early on that being said, at 11 a.m. Eastern around. Let us know, and, and I'll post it on my wall, too, so people can see. Okay, yeah. I'll, uh, I can put it in, like, in the weigh-in sports page if you'd like. Uh, yeah, he's already yeah. got the show posted up, so let me go ahead and do that for you. All right. Well, we'll have a good one, Cuervo, and we'll see you in the morning. Thanks, everybody. Okay, Tarvin. Have a good night, man. You too, bud. Into this world all alone. God takes your soul. You're on your own. The crow flies straight. The perfect line. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.